You are listening to Joyful Noise, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Hello, church. It is so good to be with you today. We are in the second week of Joyful Noise. Can you make a joyful noise? Usually it's the kids who show us how to do it today. They were a little quiet. So let's do that one more time. Let's show them how. It's good to do that. It's good to let out a joyful noise. Um, For those of you who were not here last week when we began this series, what we're looking at is throughout the Psalms, you see this phrase come up over and over again. It says, make a... You can read those words. Oh, they're not up there. Go back. Go back one, Joey. I'm sorry. Yeah, go way back. Go back. That's it. Just hold on. Hold on tight right there. What does it say? Joyful noise. Joyful noise. Uh, and so make a joyful noise. We see it over and over again. There's repetition with it. It's not just something that is offered one time in the Psalms, but over and over. We are encouraged to be joyfully noisy, not just adding noise. I mean, you can hear a motorcycle going down the street and that's noise and you can just go with it. But uh, but we're not called to do that. We're not called to just be noisy in the midst of noise. We're called to bring our joys into the midst of that noise, the joys that God gives us. Um, when we pray today, we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about prayer. So we just, we just experienced prayer together and we're continuing in that, uh, in that vein of prayer, if you will, uh, because we are taught to pray without ceasing. We are taught to pray without ceasing. If you do something once, chances are it's worth doing it more than once. Otherwise, was it ever worth doing it once, right? And, and you may say, well, once I pray for it and God answers my prayer, I don't need to pray for it. Yeah, but you can give thanks. You know, prayer is a two-way conversation. It's not just a one-way wish list, all right? And so continue to pray without ceasing. (coughs) Don't offer something up just once, but keep at it. Uh, We are encouraged by the Apostle Paul, just as we are by the psalmist, to make a joyful noise. Um, Now, there was this video on YouTube that I saw, and it was called Things I Learned from a Third Grade Dropout. Any of you see that movie? See that little video? It's a wonderful inspiration video. And the man who's in there, he said this. He said, the way that you do your anything is the way that you do your everything. The way that you do your anything is the way that you do your everything. In other words, the smallest thing that you could possibly imagine ever doing in your life is reflective of how you do everything in your life. It's not minute. It is not a moot point. It is reflective of how you approach everything that you do. And so today in our scripture from Colossians, we are told to pray without ceasing. And I would venture to say the way that you pray overflows into ways that you do everything. The way that you approach your prayer life, if you do that without ceasing, that is going to be reflective in the way you approach other things in your life. You're not going to just be, uh, you're not going to be casual about it. You're not going to say, well, I'm just going to quit. Like I remember I worked at a, a printing press and it was like 12 hour swing shifts, no breaks. If you took one, they gave you weird looks, right? And, and I didn't like that job and, and I, and I could have just quit right away. I could have just quit and said, no, I don't want to, but I kept at it, you know, and I kind of saw that season of my life through how you approach anything is reflective of how you approach everything. So when we look at prayer and we think of prayer and we enter into prayer, think about how can you do that without ceasing? How can you do that without stopping or giving up? You know, because you're going to be more inclined if you pray without ceasing 
You're going to be a lot more inclined to do the other things in your life without ceasing. You're going to be loving your wife without ceasing, loving your husband without ceasing, your kids without ceasing, your community without ceasing. The way that you do your anything shows how you do your everything. So the Bible encourages us today to pray continually. And I've got to tell you, prayer works. Many people wonder about the power of prayer. They say, yeah, back then it worked. I saw it raised dead people. Uh, it, made, it made the lame to walk and the blind to see. And the power of prayer, the power of the faith healed the friends. You know, prayer used to work. Now it's just some old thing that doesn't work. No, prayer works. And what I want you to hear today is that prayer works on you even when it doesn't seem to work for you. It's working on you even if it doesn't seem to be doing what you think it should. Even even if the answer or the response doesn't come the way that you feel it should be received, prayer is working on you, making you better. Making you better through the process because prayer is our direct phone line to heaven. It's like the the bat signal that's just tossed up on a cloud. We toss it up and we know Batman's going to come because it's there, right? We, We toss a prayer up and we know God listens. God does listen. It's just sometimes prayer works on us more than it seems to work for us. We need to be open to the power of prayer. Because I want to tell you that prayer is a vehicle. Prayer is a vehicle. It takes our faith to the next level. It takes our relationships to the next level. Our relationship with God. Our relationship with those that we pray for. It takes it to the next level. Have you ever noticed, you know, Jesus says pray for your enemies. That's a lot easier said than done. But because, and the reason I say that is, have you ever noticed that it's hard to stay mad at someone you're praying for? It's hard to, it's hard to be saying, God, I, I really just pray the best things for them in their life. Oh, I hate you. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work. It changes you. It changes your relationship. Even if it's someone who wants no relationship with you on your side, it changes your relationship. Prayer is at work. I want you to know this today before you leave through these doors. I want you uh, to have this like a seed inside the soil of your faith. And if you cultivate this little seed called prayer, I promise you that it will grow. You may be someone who says, I don't even know how to pray. I don't know where to begin praying. There's no right way, no wrong way. It's like a seed. If you plant it, if you start it, just do it. It'll grow. You'll get better at it. There's no better. You'll just get more comfortable with it. Right? You'll get more comfortable with it the more you do it. It'll grow. It'll grow you in the process. It'll grow you to be a better person. It may seem like some silly thing. Like It's like, well, how how does prayer do that? Because... It's not a silly thing. It is a vehicle. It is a phone line directly to God. And it will grow you to be a better person. A better person for God. A better person for your family, your friends, your workplace, and this world. The world will become a better place because you pray. I want you to believe that today. Prayer will help you make a difference in the world. Everyone's about, I want to make a difference. It'll make a difference. It just starts right there. Maybe in the privacy of your own bedroom, just a little prayer. In today's scripture, the Apostle Paul shows us some really good things uh, to pray for. Let's take a look at those. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles or an applicable app in your smartphones or even uh, on the screen for your convenience as we encounter Colossians chapter 1 verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus 
by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learn from Ephraim, our beloved fellow servant. He is faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the spirit. And for this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Go back for me real quick, Jody. Go back two slides because that's where we're picking up on the screen. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased prayer for you and asking you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints and the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so the Apostle Paul does show us some good things for us to pray for. Um, you know, the Lord's Prayer gives us a model of prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. That is a wonderful model of prayer that Jesus offers us. But the Apostle Paul teaches us how to pray too. As one of God's chosen, he is a teacher and he is showing us how to pray. Let's look at this a little bit. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy. You may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work. As you grow in the knowledge of God, may you be made strong. That is our that is our prayer today, filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's my prayer for you. That's the prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed. And that's the prayer that I would venture to say we should all pray for one another, that we be filled with the knowledge of God. Going all the way back to King Solomon, you know, he could ask for anything. Does anyone remember what King Solomon asked for? David's son, Solomon. Yes. Wisdom. Ding, ding, ding. You get a cookie or a cup of coffee. It's back there waiting for you. Um, yes, wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, he got everything else too. He, he got the gold. He got the fame. He got the women, right? He got, he got everything that a king could want, right? But that's not what he asked for. 
He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom. If we pray for wisdom for one another, how often do you pray for wisdom for one another? This is something that Paul is teaching us to do. And in as such, I would say that this is something that the early church did on a regular basis without ceasing, praying for wisdom. And this isn't just that wisdom of earth, like, you know, King Solomon, he he was the wisest king. He could he could settle a debate like nobody's business. This isn't that kind of wisdom. This is praying for God's wisdom. This is spiritual wisdom. This is this is more or less saying, God, I, I pray for them to know you more. Reveal yourself more fully. That is the prayer. And moving on, it says that you may lead lives. Why does he pray that? So that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. So next, Paul shows us another wise prayer to lead lives worthy of the Lord. What does that mean? What does that mean? Worthy? Are you leading a life worthy of the Lord right now? How do you know? You could be. I mean, most of us go, no. <laughs> but, but how do you know, right? And, and uh, what, what does that mean to lead a life uh, worthy of the Lord? What about fully pleasing? Do you think you're fully pleased? What does that mean to fully please God? Have you arrived on that bullet point yet on Paul's sermon here on prayer? Have you have you arrived at the place where you can say, I am fully pleasing to God. <laughs> Look at me. I get the coffee. You know, no. Right. How do you know? What does that mean? And then Paul goes on and says, bear fruit. That's it. That's the point. That is his bullet point. And if you're taking notes at home, please write this one down. That's what the Apostle Paul would say, except probably a lot more dignified and in Greek or something. But bear fruit. Bear fruit. That is the prayer. I pray that you bear fruit in everything that you do. And not just to bear fruit, not just to have this fruit or this stuff or to make more noise. That's not what it's about. What kind of fruit is this? If I have a watermelon seed and I plant it, am I going to get strawberries? Or if I plant cucumbers, am I going to end up with lettuce? If we're talking fruit and I plant a seed that is good, is that fruit going to be good? That's what Paul's talking about. This isn't just noise. This isn't just fruit for the sake of having a fruit stand on the side of the road as you go down Route 68. This is fruit that is good fruit. And remember how I said the way you do your anything, it affects the way you do your everything. If you're cultivating this good fruit, it's going to spread to all areas of your life. You're going to have good fruit spread all over. Um, And remember, the first part of this prayer, Paul said, you know, that you grow in the knowledge of God. You don't have to wait for that. You can start you can start in the garden today. You can go and start growing this fruit while you grow in the knowledge of and wisdom of God. Right. You don't have to wait until you arrive to do this. You can start bearing fruit right now in the workplace, in your homes, down at the supermarket as you wait in line. And you don't yell at the person with 800 coupons in front of you. You can start bearing fruit today. And this isn't just fruit. It's not just noise. It's good fruit. It's joyful. 
So the next point that Paul pushes us into is that, uh, you know, you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And you may be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully, I repeat, joyfully giving thanks. Anyone need strength? I've been there. You know, I was like changing brakes one time and I just couldn't get that. I tried WD-4. I just couldn't get enough torque. I just couldn't get it. I just wasn't strong enough, right? Maybe you need that kind of strength. Maybe you need the physical strength. Now, personally, as a father of a four-year-old and a 12-year-old, I feel I need mental strength quite a bit. Anyone with me? (laughs) I need some mental strength. Strength to be a good dad, to be a good husband, to... To, to be just a good neighbor. You know, American Ninja Warriors, they need that physical strength. But this strength that God gives, it's multifaceted. God knows exactly the strength that you need, when you need it, before you know you need it. That's the strength that comes from, from God. You, this strength, may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks. And again, joyfully. That's the joyful noise that we're talking about. Prayer is a joyful noise. God loves to hear it. We should love to hear it. We shouldn't say, oh, you're constantly praying. It should be a joyful noise. Prayer is a joyful noise. So I say we need to get noisy. You need to get noisy. If you've been on a roller coaster ride and saying, yay, Jesus, you need to get noisy. It's time to get noisy. Because, you know, if you if you need that strength that the Apostle Paul is telling us about, if you're in the midst of needing strength, you're in the midst of something that's not joyful. Otherwise, you wouldn't need that strength. You're in the midst of something that doesn't have you jumping up and down for joy. But God gives you that too. God gives you joys, even in the midst of the noise. Not only are you strengthened, but you can find joy in the midst of that struggle that you are strengthened to endure. And I'm closing up here. The Apostle Paul says, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is where our joy comes from. You know, some of us are looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for joy in all the wrong places. Our joy comes from God. Don't look in the wrong places. God has given us so much for us to give thanks about, to be joyful about, that if every other prayer we ever prayed went unanswered, we have everything that we need in Jesus Christ. Everything that we already need, we have been given. The rest of it, oh, that's just, it's just blessing. It's just extra blessing. We have so much to be joyful for. Get noisy. The Apostle Paul is modeling what our prayers could sound like. Joyful, noisy. And notice all this that he is talking about is good stuff. This is good stuff right here. And Paul's just giving it away. 
Giving it, not, not cultivating all this good seed, these good yummy strawberries and, and watermelons. Not just to harvest them and eat them themselves. He's giving it away. All this good stuff. This prayer isn't for himself. It's for others. I believe if we live in this example, praying for others in this way, without ceasing. What if somewhere out there right now, someone is praying for each and every one of you in this way, without ceasing, that you be filled with the knowledge, that you have the strength, that you have the joy, that you, all of it. They're praying for you, supporting you. If we live our lives this way, praying without ceasing, we are supporting one another through through prayer. We're like little Uber drivers of God's grace. And in prayer is a vehicle that's taking faith to the next level, relationships to the next level, taking us all further away from the problems that we face right into the presence of God. That is the power of prayer. That's prayer. So don't think for one second prayer doesn't work. Don't think that. And don't stop. Even when prayers are answered or seem not to be answered, don't stop praying. Don't stop giving thanks. Don't stop making joyful noise. God has given you everything that you need to be joyful about. Own that joy. Don't let anyone else suck that joy out. If you're someone who doesn't pray, you know, maybe you're like, I don't know how to give it a try. It's not that you get better at it. It's just that you get more comfortable at it. It's like a seed. It'll grow. And I guarantee it'll grow you in the process. It'll make you a better version of you. Like a Pringles can't, Pringles can't, once you pop, you can't stop, right? Don't stop. Pray continually. You will be a better you because you are inviting God into that growth. You will you will grow to be more like Jesus. You ever notice how you know parents sometimes they get wary about certain kids hanging out with their kids. You know they're they're like mama bear claws pop out because they know oh my you're sitting at the dinner table he's clicking his fork on the table just like Billy does oh he needs to stop hanging out with Billy and all this kind of stuff. Well, when you are praying, you are spending time with Jesus. You're going to become more and more like Jesus. So all of a sudden, it's like, man, he needs to hang out with Jesus more often, right? All of a sudden, he's going down and helping people with that soup kitchen. And he's just like digging in down at the new to you down. What is this? Is that my son? What's going on? It changes you. And it makes the world a better place. It all starts with this little seed called prayer. Pray that God plants it in your heart and that you allow it to grow. No one knows how, see how far you can grow. Remember, I'm, I'm done, done here. I'm, I said I was closing earlier. I'm really closing here. I remember though, this just popped into my head. Like in elementary school, you know how you get those little beans that you grow in class and you'll, you'll put your little stick behind it. You'll measure how far it's growing. You know that. See how far you can make that prayer I don't think there's a limit. I want to see how far you, I challenge you to see how high you can make that beanstalk rise. Because I think that's what we're called to do. Let us pray together. Dear God, I'm thankful for the way that you continue to work. Even when prayers don't seem to work for us, 
to show us that they're working on us, that they are growing us to be more like you, more like you would have us to be. Allow us to get noisy about the things that you do. And not just to add noise, but to add joys. Joyfully noisy. Let us pray for our enemies. And let's watch as they cease to be our enemies, but they become those that we love for and that we care for. Just keep on growing us. Because I know the sky is the limit for what you can do through the power of prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ.